At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we continue Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. I love the outside of Circus Sportsbook. Like driving into work every day, every time I do them all, I'm like, that's eh, going to be a fun day. It's a fun job. Like we're sitting here working. At Circus Sportsbook, you see the big numbers behind us. We've got people already piling in, watching whatever they're watching. Baseball, soccer, getting ready for Game 7s in the NHL. No NBA today. We'll get a couple Game 7s tomorrow. But there's still so much activity here on a May Saturday. Oh, it's unbelievable. I tell you what, because of betting, I think you see the heightened experience and the interest in so many different games. I think the average person, particularly, and kind of being a geographically biased Mm -hmm. in terms of Las Vegas, the popularity of hockey is there because there was a new franchise here. But from a betting standpoint, people have gotten so much more engaged now that you see it all across the country. Femi mentioned earlier when we came out with him about 10 minutes ago about uh, PASPA across the country four years ago. And I think there's so many consumers nowadays that A, wouldn't bet on hockey, or B, more importantly for the NHL, wouldn't watch it. Now they're engaged in it, and people have an interest in these Game 7 scenarios. I'm not sitting there saying that it's elevated to a point where you see it in the ratings, but I think the betting changes how you view things. Totally agree. Andrew McGinnis is going to join us uh, in the second hour today of our three here on Betting Across America to break down a hat trick of Game 7s that we have. You and I are going to talk a lot about them. We talked about it with Femi and Wes. Just the way that goals are being scored in the NHL playoffs is something that I didn't see, but it is happening. Mike Bronio is going to join us from Mandalay Bay later on this hour. The NFL schedule is out. And Amal, what's so intriguing to me is if you go to any book here in Las Vegas and you just go to one of the screens, tap on the screen, what's the first thing that pops up now? NFL lines week one. Yeah. I mean, it's May and get ready because they're going to be staring you in the face here for literally months on end. I'll be very curious from you if there's any value that you see now in some of those numbers that are posted. Because I know some people are going to go, how in the world can you handicap a game that we're not going to see for four months? We believe we know what the rosters are going to look like. But still, you're taking some sort of educated risk there. Yeah, I personally, and I can understand and appreciate the point of view of people betting it now. But I wouldn't do it for this primary reason. Uh, I want to see if on the other side, let's take the Rams and the Bills game, the opener Mm -hmm. on Thursday night. I think the Rams are a one-point favorite. Yes. What happens if there's an injury in training camp? Well, that's the, that, and, and so my point is, Dave, why kind of A, tie your money up, but B, more importantly, why put yourself in a scenario where unless, okay, if Josh Allen got hurt, then all of a sudden you have a huge edge if you bet the Rams. Right. But at the same time, what happens if you have an injury from the Rams perspective, assuming you're betting them? So I, I tend to be a little bit more cautious on these early numbers. It is. And again, I, you know, the second year in a row, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, th- this time they're going to they're gonna do battle in, in Dallas, though. And I look at it and I just go, man, these are, you remember last year, that number, I believe, was nine and a half for the Bucks in week one. And I remember thinking all summer long, you know, put my Homer hat on a little bit. I was like, well, I kind of like the Cowboys to get inside that number. 
it, never really a sweat, and they did cover that number, didn't win the game. Yeah. But, you know, a year later, that line is dramatically different here uh, as we wait four months to, for the week one of the NFL. But I do think the schedule release, while I don't know that I like the way the NFL does it, kind of the drip, drip, drip approach, it, they're very smart. They're generating conversation, and they're going to generate gambling dollars. People are start, once they see those matchups and those numbers come out of them all, people are jumping on them. Why do you think the popularity of the league has risen so much in the last decade? I do think there is a Tom Brady effect. And I'm not saying that when Brady finally does retire, takes the 10 years, $375 million to start to when we do and talk about it, mm-hmm. maybe not from a gambling perspective. I do wonder if it'll drop a little bit. Simply because, look, the league is the league, the shield's the shield, the names change, and we keep watching, right? But Brady has been such a captivating figure, if you will, in the, NH- in the uh, NFL for now what? A third decade. Think of that. One guy is helping to generate generational interest in your sport. That's Tom Brady. I respectfully disagree with you. I think, you no, know, in the sense that I think basketball is the type of sport. You were in Chicago for a long time. Yeah. Michael Jordan is the kind of person that can bring eyeballs to the screen. I think when Tyson was in his heyday, oh, man. people would want to watch Tyson fight. Um, I think Roger Federer, outside of the United States, when he would play, I think he brings people in. I think with football, I, I don't know. I think people respect the hell out of Brady. They may like him on and off the field, depends on their opinion. But I don't know if people necessarily gravitate towards that. I, I look at, you know, take away places like Kansas City, Green Bay, where markets are going to be loyal to their team, whether they are now, you know, 12 and 5 or 5 and 12. But I, I, it's interesting to me, the popularity, because 20 years ago, yeah. did anybody even know there was a team in Massachusetts? No. No, Tom Brady, the, the, the whole Belichick-Brady thing, obviously New England changed that team forever. Right. Right? But I do think now that Brady doing this in his mid-40s, there is a level that I've never seen with one football player where an interest now is gravitated to you know, Tampa Tom and primetime Tom. And that's where I get to see him in, in a bunch of primetime games. It's because of Tom Brady. And I also think you, you mentioned Jordan, right? And w- when the Bulls in their heyday, and I do b- believe people started to go, well, I don't know if I'm going to see this again. We've kind of seen it with LeBron when you go to 10 finals, right? We're not going to see this ever again with Tom Brady. You're not going to see a quarterback go to 10 Super Bowls. Like, that is why I do believe there's a level of interest now that might never be reached again because of what he has been able to accomplish. The league's always going to be the league, and it's always going to be the number one moneymaker. It's going to be the number one bet sport in the cup, period. But I do believe Tom Brady's taken it to a different level. Yeah, I, I would agree with that in terms of what he's been able to accomplish, what he's been able to achieve. I think we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks hanging around a lot longer. Yes. Because, number one, they're not taking the brunt of the punishment that you once did mm-hmm. and the amount of money they're making I think no matter how much money you have, it's still hard to walk away from 30 to $40 million a year for getting hit the equivalent of about 80 times a year. I'm not trying to diminish the hits. No, you're right. But, you know, remember, nowadays, if you breathe on somebody too hard, you 15. might get... Yeah, it's exactly. So I think definitely changes things from that perspective. 11 and a half wins the Buccaneers have on the, on the uh, wins-losses here. And it's the highest in the NFC. And some other teams up there as well with Green Bay, they're up there, I believe, 11 and a half as well. But that's Tom Brady. Like, like it's 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 amazing. And that's also Aaron Rodgers. I get it. Like, they're not going to have that win total if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback of Green Bay. But when you look at it here, and it is the highest, the highest. Packers ten and a half. I actually think that's an interesting number. Cowboys ten and a half. But look, the Buccaneers. 
That is one guy that America is betting on. And I don't know that I would play them this year to get to 12 because it feels like to me is something I was talking to Mike Pritchard about uh, earlier this, this week on Lombardi Line them all. And I'm curious your thoughts. When I hear an athlete say, I've already got another gig, 10 years, $375 million. By the way, more than what he's made right. salaried in the NFL. To talk about the sport, let alone play the sport, this is a guy that's been all in every step of the way. First guy there to show up, gets everybody in the offseason programs. Now he's already inked a deal. I'm wondering, 11 and a half, are you going to trust the top? Like Tom Brady, there could be a scenario where halfway through the year he gets hurt. And he's like, you know what? Screw this. I got 375 waiting for me. I, I don't think so. I think he's too competitive. He, he's going to finish where he starts. But more importantly, I'll tell you the wager I'd like to take. Tom Brady doesn't finish 10 years at Fox any oh. day of the week. So what's the over-under that you'd put the 10-year contract? That he actually, how many years of the 10 years? I don't know how many years he does. Give me the over-under. I'm going to say, Six. like, no, not that many. I, I just think, look, he said yes. I heard a comment, and I thought it was great. They go, does Tom Brady hate his family? Yeah, I mean, but it's just, it was just something to that. I, I don't know. I, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to go in the booth and be necessarily maybe critical in certain spots or certain things. And we'll see. Maybe his personality comes out because I, I'll tell you, I wouldn't have thought Rome was going to be as entertaining as he's been. Uh, so oh, we'll see. Jim, it's a run to the right side, Jim. <laughs> I got five on it. <laughs> so Tom Brady again has a 10-year, $375 million contract waiting for him whenever he decides to hang him up from the NFL. We don't know when that is, but again, the highest win total in the NFC at 11 and a half. We'll get to the AFC a little bit later on because that division is just a murderer's row after the schedule release is officially out. And you look at the AFC and go, my goodness, just go ahead and try to pick the AFC West and then pick it up from there. Because we all know that Buffalo looks like they're going to be the cream of the crop of the AFC, but that, that the AFC East, but it looks like that division is starting to get better. Good luck trying to figure out what's going to happen in the Central uh, in the North as well. Uh, we're going to have Sean Zarillo is going to join us in hour number three to talk all things Major League Baseball. I know you've got your eye on a couple games already out there today. Uh, St. Louis and the Gigantes, I saw you keeping your eye on. What were you thinking there? Yeah, the, I missed it, unfortunately. I wanted to take the under nine here. Uh, you had Dakota Hudson on the mound in this one uh, against Jacob Junis. And both teams have been very effective on the mound so far through three innings right now. It is the Cardinals, Redbirds leading one nothing at home. Mm. Uh, this Giants team scored eight last night against St. Louis. Thought it might be a pretty decent opportunity for them to bounce back. I was surprised they were a short home underdog at minus 105 or even money, depending on where you got the number, Dave. So we'll keep an eye on baseball. We've got a lot to get through there. Of course, three game threes, uh, game sevens rather, rather in the NHL that we'll talk about with Andrew McGinnis. Uh, but also, Novak Djokovic is back in action here uh, over in France, and he's taking on, who's he taking on there? Casper Rudinora. They're playing right now in Rome. In this, Rome. Yeah, and they'll be, uh, he, this is the semifinal, and uh, Novak rolling in this first set. Came in as a $5 favorite. He's up 5-1, and it looks like we got some sort of situation. We got, a, we got drama. Yeah, well, they, I saw one of the uh, the uh, supervisors come on the court there. I'm not sure. We don't have the audio, so we'll try and find out what's going uh -oh. on here. Oh, yeah, we got a delay. Yeah, some sort of delay. Very here. quickly. Uh, so it's over. Like, Novak's going to be able to do the French Open and do everything. Like, he all is that. good to go. He, I'm going to tell you, I believe he's going to win the French. Whoa. Well, wait, wait, they have some guy named Nadal that plays in that. Rafa's not healthy. If Rafa were healthy, I, I think the reign the king for Rafa, of Clay? the king of Clay's reign, I think is coming to an end. Novak has beaten him twice. Remember at Roland Garros, the key is going to be the draw. If you're going to bet the uh, futures on it, take a look. Two guys to keep an eye on: Novak and Carlos Alcaraz. Nadal in his prime, Bjorn Borg in his prime on Clay. Who wins? Come on, buddy.
It's not even a conversation. But unfortunately, you know, Rafa has better rackets in this day and age. There's nobody better than Rafa on clay. Not a conversation. They used to call Bjorn the king of clay. And then there was a guy from Mallorca named Rafael Nadal <laughs> that came through. Come on, Mac. We're just getting it started here. Betting Across America. We will dive into the NHL. Get your thoughts on some Game 7s. It's Betting Across America on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We continue Betting Across America. Dave Ross and Mall Shaw here at Circa Sportsbook. Look at that. That's a pretty good drone activity right there to show Very you what good. Circa looks like. And by the way, got, got some people out there. Now, the soccer is over, so we've had some people matriculate maybe towards the tables here. Uh, but we, it will get packed again for the three game sevens that we have. Before we get into hockey, because you and I were looking up, we saw Djokovic, they've resumed play. He's got a 5-2 first set lead over Rude. And it is interesting because, you know, like, I'm an old guy. I used to watch the, the great Americans play over in the French Open. And we never, we Americans never really won over there, right? Because it was Borg. Correct. And then it was like Courier. Jim Courier was a really good clay court specialist, right? But when Nadal came along, it, I, we haven't seen anything since Borg where one guy dominates the same event at Roland Garros. But I guess it goes to show the brilliance of Novak that you're already picking Novak to beat him on Nadal's surface. And out of the big three, and I've had this debate for so many years, and we're going to have this debate for decades to come once these three decide to retire, as much as I love Raja, it's my guy, but I can't make, I can't make a good faith argument that on any surface he's the best player that we've ever seen. That would be Novak Djokovic. So I, I like your comment. Um, I kind of, you know, somebody asked me about the big three one time, and I said this Roger's the most talented player I've ever seen. Mm. Rafa's the greatest competitor I've ever seen. You know, we talk about Jordan as a competitor and Brady. I don't think people realize the way Rafa tries to kill you on every point. Love it. And, you know, if you think about it on tennis, you're a one man band. And Rafa's had some injuries along the way, but his ability on clay, which is to me, true tennis because you've got to have long rallies you got to have the endurance the uh, the conditioning along with the ability and then i think novak is the greatest player of all time he's the greatest returner of serve without question but his ability is just absolutely second to none he dethroned rafa last year down two sets against Tsitsipas, comes back wins the french open he's won every grand slam at least twice um you know in Rafa's done the same thing. Rogers only won the French Open once, and he only did it the year when Robin Soderlund took out Rafael Nadal. But so, think of that, though, that, that somehow he was able to do that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Roger, this is his kryptonite. Yeah. Right? He's, just, he's just not going to win the French Open ever again, but Correct. at least he did it once. Yeah. And again, like, I, I'm old enough to remember growing up, but, you know, back in my day, it was Connors, McEnroe's American kids, and you had to pick a side, and I kind of picked the, the side of James Scott Connors. I didn't like McEnroe. And I remember, like, McEnroe is one of those savants that you watched play that could do anything there was to do on a tennis court, but he couldn't win this tournament. He couldn't win the French Open, right? That They're gearing up for by playing over here in Italy now. And it's like, now I watch a guy like Novak to be able to do it on all surfaces. It really does make me appreciate his greatness. Now, I get it. He's not the most well-liked guy. For Pick your poison for whatever reason why you might like why i love roger federer class whatever nadal competitor you know novak the qu same questions existed with novak early on in his career quitter <laughs> right doesn't have it in the tank now i think all of that stuff's been put aside and i just for an all-court player 
I don't know that we'll see a better one than Novak. I think you bring up an excellent point. Yvonne Lendl won seven Grand Slams, but could never win Wimbledon. Mm. Pete Sampras won three of the four majors, could never win the French Open. I mean, Pete was as good as it got. Oh, the man. pistol on grass was unbelievable. Yes. He was so good. He would break serve in a set. He wouldn't even try in the other return games because he knew you weren't breaking his serve. That's it. I mean, he, he was that good. I, I think he was, what, a 14-time Grand Slam winner, but could never win on clay. Think of that. And think of these other guys. They've won 20, 61 titles between them now. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I just, again, we talk about Brady at the beginning of the show here, you know, 45. Appreciate the greatness that you're going to see in these guys. I got to tell you, I, I won't be rooting for him, but my betting dollar probably will go to Novak for the French Open. And I'll be very curious to see what the number is once we get there, now that all the restrictions have been lifted and he can play. I, he's, he's just going to be a tough out. He's plus 275 right now, something to keep an eye out for. Alcaraz has come down. The reason why I'm picking against Roth is, number one, he's gotten older, but number two, I thought his invincibility got crushed last year. And then the injuries. Remember, he had a, a hairline fracture on the rib, so mm-hmm. I don't think he's necessarily completely healthy. But that's why what you made the point in the last segment about Brady and yeah. his age is amazing. Um, I want to go back to the one thing you said about the totals on the season win totals. Okay. I think Green Bay is in a great position to go over 10.5 because of how bad their division is. The Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings. All pedestrian teams at best. Um, when you look at Tampa, I think New Orleans has a, a strength to play them, but I think Carolina and Atlanta, weaker teams. I just don't think the NFC is that good. When you it's look not. at the AFC, I could make the argument there are probably three teams in the AFC West that could be as good as anybody in the NFC. I think you're exactly right. Which, which is scary for the win totals in the AFC because you got to go, these teams are going to beat each other up. Out, look, look at, you look at the AFC. My God. So you're loaded for Bear. The, the interesting thing to me is, look at the Chiefs now. They're down to down to 10.5, right? So all of a sudden, now in a 17-game season, people forget that year one last year, and now all of a sudden the Chargers, 10.5, the Broncos, we understand why they're elevated now with Russ, let Russ Cook. The Bills are interesting to me because I love them. That's a team that I root for. It feels high to me, and I, I get it. Tua, the video the Dolphins put out. I hope they didn't fire the, the the video person for putting out that awful video of Tua with the duck that he threw to, to Cheetah. I mean, it, was, it was comical, but like, don't fire a kid over that. Right? He made a mistake. But like, I just don't know if the rest of the division is ready to compete with Buffalo. Like your Green Bay theory as to how bad the division is. The Patriots, okay, they made the playoffs, but we saw what Buffalo did them in the postseason. Oof. Yeah, I'm still regretting not betting that game. Oh, my God. I know it's your job generally to ask me the questions, mm-hmm. but I'm going to turn the tables on you. Bring it. AFC right now. I understand we're in May. Give me your four division winners. And which and would you bet on those teams to win? And I got a very strong opinion on a couple of teams. Yes, okay. I, I do think the Bills still will win the East. I agree. Okay, in the North. I hope Brian McFadden's not listening. I actually think the Ravens could do a worst to first. Right here, buddy. Right here. That's my Super Bowl team this year. And by the way, Lamar Jackson's 25 to 1 to win the MVP. He's going to have a monster year. 25 to 1, people, right now. So when you when you look at the the first non-running back to to be MVP, it's Jonathan Taylor and it's uh Derrick Henry. And those guys are the first one. Lamar, you get better value and you get a quarterback wrapped up as a as a running back. And you look at the Ravens, they're going to be dangerous. Their draft? How good was their draft? Everybody's talking about the Jets. But the Ravens draft, the most Raveny players ever. Exactly right. They, they did a tremendous job. I agree with you there. AFC South, who are you going? This is like the dog of the AFC division I right agree. now. And, and it's like, I want to trust Indianapolis because I like the body, the, the rest of their team. Except e- Matt Ryan. 
even if I don't love Matty Ice here, the team that's going to take the biggest leap to me is the Jags, but they're not ready to compete for the division. So I'll, I'll hold my nose and I'll take the Colts. And I feel bad because Mike Vrabel was the guy we were touting for Coach of the Year. He won that award. He should have won that award. He did an unbelievable job without yeah. Derrick Henry. He's back. But this wide receiver playing quarterback and Malik <laughs> Willis, like there's somebody looking over your shoulder. That's going to be an interesting dynamic. And now I know why we get along so well. I've been saying it for so long. Why would you draft a wide receiver from Texas A&M who couldn't beat out <laughs> Gerard Johnson to be your starting quarterback? And then Tennessee pays him $100 million. Um I'm going to go with Tennessee because the 18-wheeler's back. Okay. And as good as Jonathan Taylor is, and I love him a lot, and I think he had one of the most underrated careers in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. But I think the 18-wheeler is the best running back in the NFL right now. And he's a difference maker. He really is. And, and that's, look, the way that they play. Like we, like some teams, I'll, I'll look at them and go, what's their identity? Like, yeah. what, what are the Bears trying to do? I have no idea what they're trying to do. They're trying to be a defensive team, but they get rid of Cleveland. They don't know. They don't have no idea. Yeah. You know exactly what Tennessee is, right? Mike Vrabel is going to say, let's not turn it over. When they turn it over, by the way, they lose. It's that simple. When they don't turn it over, they're probably going to win by three. That's the way they play, right? They're going to play defense. They're going to run the football and try to make sure that Tannehill doesn't kill their offense. I completely agree with you. I want to make a quick little comparison. You know, the Chicago Bears in the NFL are the Michigan Wolverines. They get all this hype. They've won. Michigan's won one national title in the last 70 years. Can the Bears back, have won one Super Bowl. Can we back Bowl. off Michigan for accomplishing something last year? Oh, my God. Dude, these people think they won a natty. I didn't realize losing a playoff they game was so the already. Oh, congratulations. They won the Big Ten. The Big Ohio State was a Big Ten every Ohio State couldn't do it. They beat Ohio State. They're celebrating like they won a national championship. I said, is your program that much of a loser that now you have to take solace in one victory and get crushed and score 11 points for Georgia? we got to give Harb some credit for last year, right? I'm not taking anything away from him, but the greatest thing about sports, and this is what I appreciate about sports, either you're a winner or a loser. There's no in-between. Agreed. Yeah, I always say this guy goes, well, you know, I was a finalist for a job interview. I said, let me tell you something. You got paid the same as the other 299 candidates. If you're if you're the second guy that they cho- we're going to choose, oh, but you didn't get the job, you got paid the same from that company as the other 298 people behind you. That's a great point. All right, very quickly, we've got to wrap up the AFC West. I don't is, know. This I is really, murder's I'm, I'm going Chargers. Okay, I, I want to, because I, I picked. The, I have a couple of features out there in the Chargers. My concern is Boy Genius 2.0. Like, has Boy Genius learned from his the error of his ways last year? And I know that the analytics community, this is not... A, an attack on the analytics community at all because you got to marry analytics with your eyeballs, right? Brandon Staley needs to do the the other part. He's got to do the eyeballs thing. He's got the analytics down. Now we got to figure out some common sense in game management. You said it. Like if we just do that, they're a playoff team a year ago, and now I'm trusting Boy Genius 2.0 to learn from his mistakes a year ago. If he does that, he's got the most talented roster in that division. I would agree with you. I love the way Herbert's trending. By the way, just think about the quarterbacks in this division right now, Herbert. Obviously, Russ is a Hall of Famer. Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. I mean, it's and unbelievable. Derek Carr is a playoff winning quarterback. If, oh, it, no, 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 not winning. Playoff D- getting. Derek two. Carr is a playoff quarterback in Canada because they have three downs. Come on back. We will talk some puck game sevens on deck right here on these and these sports betting network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. For the next few months, they're going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at VSIN.com. And subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including 
Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have all the best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals. Going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well. Not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. Back alongside Amal Shah, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And Amal, we looked up and uh, Joker's trying to finish off that first set over there in Rome on the red clay. It looks like Roland Garros, but it is not. It's a different red clay. And I mentioned as Joker tries to get this first set home, and he did. He wins that first set 6-4. He's wearing the alligator, yeah, the IZOD. For older generations like myself, when you were a kid in high school, if you had the alligator, oh, whoa, like you were fashion. I thought it was dead. Is it back or is it just something in Europe and we Americans really don't care for your alligator shirt? A little, little bit more European style, mm. but I'm a, fan, like I, a, I'm a fan of the alligator. I have several of the yeah, alligators. Yeah, you got that kind of look to you. The, uh, but, but I'll tell you what, to, to your point, um, I'm sitting here, I'm glad we got the Joker matchup, but I'm going to have to tell Elliot to take this Cardinals game off, man. Uh-oh. This was a nine, and I didn't make it in time to get the You bet. love the nine. I, I did, and i got to tell you, Dave, they've got six hits. We're through four innings. There's one run. And at this point in time, if somebody can get to second base is the equivalent of a run. So you're betting against the the, men, the mental bet that you had was the right handicap. You just didn't get it in. Yeah, that's worse. You know, I, 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 I I'm with you. It's I really if I don't get something in that I course. love, <laughs> I want to be wrong. Yes, and exactly. That's where that first five's looking like a genius play too. One nothing uh, Redbirds right now, top of the fifth against the Giants. Uh, we mentioned we got three game sevens on tap in the NHL today and tonight. These these series have been absolutely wild if you've been watching them. And again, we made the point early with Femi and Wes as they began betting across America over at South Point. I still am having a hard time wrapping my head around around the goal scoring in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Like, I get it. Scoring was up across the board in the NHL before we got to the postseason. Well, we just all said that's going to hit like the... It's going to hit the brakes, the record scratch. All that stuff's going to happen because it's the postseason. Dump and chase. Don't take chances outside of your zone. Let's, you know, let's get extra bodies in front of the goal. No, none of that is true. And with the advent of these, these coaches now pulling goalies early in third periods, play unders at your own risk. When you look at Boston and Carolina today, and right now Carolina's small favorite in game seven, the total is six. Is there a side that you like better than than one or the other? I love the Hurricanes. They have been able to dictate play at home in terms of speed. They've been really – Boston's played a slower tempo at home, but I don't know why they've not been able to duplicate that on the road. Uh, I don't like this total, Dave, because you're really going to have to have a 2-2 game. If we get to a 3-2 scenario, you're in serious peril here with the way the teams have been scoring. By the way, real quick stat mm-hmm. in this series, there's been an empty net goal in every game. Killing unders. Killing unders. And uh, you look at the scoring, you mentioned it. I was breaking down the Rangers series. 50 goals have been scored, 49 in regulation. Uh, so far, uh, there had been eight goals until last night. 10 now in the third period, 23, uh, or 13, I believe, in the first period, and 26 in the second, somewhere in that range. Yeah, because that gets to 49, mm-hmm. and then one in overtime. So 
26 goals in the second period. You got to bet the second period over. It's almost like an auto blind bet. Every period's gone over in that series. So in the second period, there's going to be some contrarians out there that say, okay, well, this is the game, right? Okay. I get it. The first six games and they've all either been, uh, they either been a push or it's gone to the over every single game, right? In this series. But this is the one that's going to be tight. It's going to be nervy. It's going to be defense. Why wouldn't these games just continue going down the same path? Will it be different because it's a game seven versus a game two? I don't think so. I'm still looking back for the uh, Montreal Boston 201. I think it was around 06, 07, somewhere in that range. Maybe give or take a year or two there. You're saw of Halak in the net for, for the Habitant? No, he might I don't think it was. No, he wasn't there yet. No, not no, not that, that time. But uh, you, to your point, look at these game sixes. Boston, seven goals. Tampa, Toronto, seven goals. Minnesota, six goals. Edmonton, six goals. Here's the other problem. They're pulling a goalie Early. down three. And one other thing that could happen in tonight's situation, you could be down, let's say you're down 4-2. I'm sorry, that's going to be too high. Let, let's say it's 3-1. Uh, okay. They get a goal, they go 4-1. You're down three goals. They're still going to have the goalie out. You could wind up with two goals, and now it's 5-1. You still may have the goalie out. It doesn't matter because the season's online. Who cares if you lose a game? One thing I respect in the NHL, they don't care if you lose 5-1 or you lose 8-1. You lost the game. The other thing is, like, these puck line scenarios, right? So, like, let's just say, for instance, last night, you happen to have Pittsburgh plus a goal and a half against the, the Blue Shirts. Well, once the Rangers scored late, they got an empty netter within seconds. To get two goals and get a two goal margin, it's it's also hard to get one goal margins in these games because of these empty netter scenarios. Dave Ross, you brought up the most important thing. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. I went through all the games in the postseason so far. Forty six games have been played. Thirty eight of them have been by two goals or more. Unbelievable. And of those games, out of the eight that have been single goal games, I think only three have been in regulation. You are seeing a ton of these games where unless they get to overtime, the the Rangers. Who would have thought last night if I said to you with about three minutes to go, you're getting a puck and I mean a goal and a half with no chance to cover. No chance, right? Boom, goal, empty netter. Dallas Stars, nothing going on the whole period. They score. Calgary doesn't even pull the goal until about 40, 45 <laughs> seconds remaining. It's all and, and then exactly, boom. So it feels like if you feel like you're on the right side, let's say you like Carolina tonight. Yeah. So puck if you, line. you lay that puck line, it's plus a dollar eighty. Well, it's, it's not just that. And the numbers have come down a little bit because we were seeing $2 at situations in this series. 5-1, 5 Wow. I mean, that, there it is, people. So we're just trying to, yes, it's trendy, but it's also been profitable. I mean, it, it, there is sample size now. This isn't one-offs. These are, you look at all these series, you just gave the, the data on it. Lightning and Maple Leafs. Now, this series has the feel of, sorry, of a, just a heavyweight knockdown drag out affair, right? These games are just life and death. We're having leads flip back and forth. But here we are in a game seven in Toronto. The over-under now six and a half goals here. Toronto, a small favorite, minus dollar twenty-five against the defending, reigning, two-time Stanley Cup champs. What do you make of this? I'm going to go, this is a gut field, nothing to substantiate this. I'm going with Toronto. I, I, I want the Lightning to win. I'm a big John Cooper guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like this team, the talent. They've been so good. But... To me, I, I just think Toronto finds a way. Hmm. Dave, I got to tell you, if there's any team that can handle the situation, it's Tampa. But you are playing in a situation where I think you're going to have an absolutely raucous crowd at Scotiabank tonight. It is going to be absolutely on fire. I mean, 
Think about this for anybody you know from GTA. They are going to be either at a watch party with somebody watching the game. If you're like me, and if you're like, if, if it's like Ohio State in a critical game, sure. I don't watch the game with anybody. I don't want to watch the game with anybody. I, right? And, and to me, this is like one of those things where I don't care where you are tonight. If you were somewhere in that area, in Ontario, you're going to be watching this game. Because as, as we talked about before, for those that don't know north of the border, this is their New York Yankees in, in any sport. This is their team yeah. in their country. The problem that I have in wagering this game, this is why I wanted to get on board with you, Femi, and, and Wes, like camaraderie here, is that there's going to be nervous energy. Unlike when the Raptors won and they won the NBA title, it was almost like they had the underdog feel against Golden State. Correct, they did. This is like we're supposed to win, kind of, and we're favored in Game 7. And it's I just wonder if it's going to be a nervous energy or like a let's get them energy. I, I thought you brought up a great point that I didn't think about, which is if Tampa scores first, oh boy, what happens in this series? Because I, I feel like it's a real challenge at that point in time going forward. Now, remember in this series, we saw whoever was scoring first until uh, the latter part of the series was dominating throughout. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think this is something you got to pay attention to when you look at this matchup. Whoever gets on the score sheet first is going to have a huge advantage. Uh, in game number six, it was Toronto who scored first. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Tampa scored first. They end up winning the game, but they, they gave but up the lead. They gave up the lead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, very quickly, we'll, we'll get more into the Kings and Oilers later on, but Edmondson's laying over $2 here. Ridiculous. It, it, that, that's crazy in a game seven, right? And again, you, maybe they feel like, all right, exhale. We came back in game six, got the win on the road. Uh, in LA, now we're back home. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, feels like a big number to lay at two dollars. And again, the the uh, total there at six. Is there a side that you like better than than maybe the total? Well, uh, to me, I would go. I believe the Oilers eke this out. However, I don't say that with a uh, confidence. I would have to bet the Kings based on the price. And the other thing I would do, Dave, here, mm -hmm. I would take a look at the reverse puck line. Oh, you're probably going to be north of about two seventy or so. I, I'm just trying to pull up the price here real quick on this one. Simply, I say that because. And a friend of mine made a bet on the Stars in the third period yesterday. I said, why'd you take the plus 160? He goes, at 3-2, if nobody scores, he goes, I figured I'm getting an empty net goal for sure. And he nailed it. Uh, when we come back, Mike Franio over at Mandalay Bay. I can't wait to hear the action he's already taking on the NHL, on the NFL. Rather. <laughs> we'll discuss with Mike when you come back with us right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager in the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Backside along Amal Shaw, I'm Dave Ross. And during the break, you find things out about your partner sometimes. Like you just binged watch Sopranos in the last couple of years. Yeah, last year, yeah. And you said it was... Okay. I didn't say it was okay. What'd you say? It was? I said it was good. 
I said, I just didn't think it was as good as everybody else thought. And I want to hear what Mike was saying. We cut him off before he had a chance to respond to my comment. Let's get to Mike Peranio over at Mandalay Bay. Uh, does a great job as a sportsbook manager there. First, Mike, let's weigh in on the, on the biggest subject of the day. Did you watch <laughs> Sopranos? And if so, how did you rate it? Uh, yeah, it was good, but I'm Italian, so it's a little too it's too close to home. Actually, I just I love the the random eating of gabagool every time Tony went in the house. He just always had it on standby. I, I was watching The Wire at the same time. Yeah, and I absolutely loved The Wire. Wire is fantastic. We'll get on that too, uh, Mike. Let's get to the NFL because with the schedule released this week, and Amal and I were talking about it at the beginning of the show. You know, the NFL has done a great job of making this a 365 league. They really kind of drip, 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 and then they finally had the full release. Tell me that people are still betting more things currently, like the NHL playoffs, like the NBA playoffs, or are people already lined up to make those week one wagers? Yeah, the NBA is still, and NHL are still going good here. And, uh, you know, I think it'll surprise a lot of listeners and probably not you guys, but uh, the draft uh, was, wasn't was a big deal here in Vegas. And the schedule announcement really doesn't affect much here because, we already know who they're playing. We just don't know what date. So season wins don't get affected that much by that. And to be honest with you, the the bad teams get all the good picks, and they're not going to hurt us anyway. <laughs> so it's not as drastic as people think that we're you know on pins and needles watching the the uh, schedule release. We just uh, we just don't doesn't affect us that much. Mike, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I didn't know if you're a hockey guy or not. And Dave and I were talking uh, before earlier in the segment. 46 games so far in the postseason, 38 of them have ended by two goals or more. These games are being officiated like regular season games. I said to Dave tonight, take a shot with the L.A. Kings reverse puck line plus 425. Ooh. I said if they score the first goal in play, just take the Oilers plus a goal and a half. I, it's amazing how many of these games, if you're taking these reverse puck lines or puck lines, you're covering these games by two goals or more. Yeah, the puck line has been uh, interesting this year. I've seen a lot of empty nets. You think it would be really easy to do empty nets, but typically you you sit there for two minutes going, why can't I get this goal? And it never happens. uh, It seems like it's happening this year, and it's not a heavily bet, uh, but there's some people noticing that and making some changes in how they're betting. And then you start getting guys that are parlaying puck lines. And, uh, you know, you get plus 200 on some of these on the puck line. And uh, a thing, uh, guys, and and everyone should note, is that if you're betting those puck lines and, and alternate puck lines, Keep an eye on the total. If it's a total of five and a half compared to six and a half, probably not going to be as much chance you cover a puck line. And and sometimes you need to pay attention to that. No question about it. And uh, Mike, when you look at say Edmonton and the uh, LA Kings in that game, you're seeing seventy, almost seven percent of the of the ticket in the handle is being bet to the over. Are you guys now sitting there saying, all right, we get it. The trends are overs, even in the in the postseason here. Is there any resistance now to the under? Or is everybody, as we see with the handle, uh, that it feels like people are still playing those overs because they're consistently hitting right now? Yeah, I mean, the public will will do that. They'll keep playing. Uh, as long as they're, they're seeing trends, they'll keep playing them. And uh, that's kind of why, like, this recently, the last 10 days, we've had a pretty good baseball results because you see the Dodgers losing three out of four. You see Cincinnati mm-hmm. going on a streak. You see Pittsburgh maybe a little streak. Uh, and the public gets killed on those. So we've had a pretty good seven, 10 days in baseball lately, uh, which is reflecting of uh, trends that eventually they do stop. 
You know, to your guys' point, and I, I'm not trying to advocate everybody for puck lines and run lines, <laughs> but I got to tell you, the Dodgers on the run line this year, guys, I think they've got 19 or 20 wins. Every single game they've won on the run line. If they lose, right. If, if they win, they're normally they winning win by, by two, two or more. Or more. Yeah, that's the way it's been. Yeah, we might have to just change puck lines and uh, change them to two and a half. <laughs> Make puck lines alternate puck lines. Or yeah. something. Uh, we, we have that ability if we need to. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, guys, I think people get scared off in baseball because they remember the game where they win one nothing. Mm-hmm. But what they don't really realize is in baseball, and Mike just made this point in terms of some of the dogs, the Reds having a far better week than they had the entire season so far. You see these games where all of a sudden they win eight to two, right? I mean, it just, I, I think it's something people to take into consideration. I know Mike, you've been in the business a long time. Astute betters may know this, but people that might not be as well versed, I think there's some great money-making opportunities for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, the, the only thing that would be better is if you could take a, the run lines with the totals. We don't let you do that, of course, but uh, I did see, I did see some nice parlays with run lines or puck lines, excuse me, and run lines, but mostly puck lines lately. Uh, where you get maybe three in a night covering, and some of them are plus 200. You get a, you know, a three-team parlay paying 20 cents to one or something ridiculous. So uh, there are some things, if you can catch uh, catch lightning in a bottle, you can see some of that. But uh, there's definitely a trend uh, with the puck lines and them covering. Uh, talking with Mike Perani, the Racing Sportsbook Director over at Mandalay Bay. And, you know, we got a couple game sevens in the NBA tomorrow. And, Mike, I'm curious how the betting market has been reacting here to this Bucks and Celtics series because it's getting wild where home court just doesn't seem like it matters at all. And then conversely, when you look at Dallas uh, against Phoenix, home court means everything. So what are you seeing so far for the action coming in on Game 7 tomorrow in Beantown? Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to need the Celtics in that. It's not a huge decision on us right now. Um, I think the tickets are 2-1 to one on the Bucks. And we need the Celtics, but it's 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 a decent amount of money. But uh, and and on the other side, the Mavericks Mavericks tickets are about even. But we're 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 losing twice as much money on the Suns if they. So the bigger money's on the Suns in that thing. And you know, getting back to hockey too with the Kings and everything, that's a seven-figure loss for us in future, Ooh. which shocks the heck out of me. Wow. Uh, the Kings and the Blues are pretty decent losses for us. Uh, uh, but the rest of it, you know, that's not a bad situation. I think we're we're probably okay. We'll probably not have to pay out the Kings and Blues, but you never know. I yeah. mean, it's, it's hockey, but uh, uh, those are the, our, our biggest liabilities in hockey. NBA, uh, it's uh, some of these uh, futures. The Warriors is as big as seven-figure losses I've seen on futures. Uh, and I think with all the injuries and people not playing all the time, we you know, people kind of – we're getting on the Warriors, and they weren't looking that good. But we've got some liability on that. Uh, Celtics are about break even, and the rest of them are good for us. Uh, the the other ones, uh, almost six figures on all the rest of those. So it's a good position to be in. Except that Warriors makes me nervous because uh, they still have a pretty good team. But I think uh, that game uh, game seven will be interesting. I think they could lose that. It, there's no guarantee in the NBA. It's amazing when you look at now with the Warriors moving on. Uh, eliminating Memphis, that they are the favorites now, plus $1.90, because there's no guarantee the Suns win that game seven. That's why they're the second biggest favorite right now. He's absolutely right. And yeah. think, think about the advantage guys it would have for Golden State, because now all of a sudden they've got home court advantage. Right. It could actually yeah. be huge, Mike. 
I think we, we need to kind of keep an eye on that. I was just conversing with the bed MGM guys and I go, cause uh, in the old days we used to lay off. I go, can't we lay some of this off on uh, some other competitor? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen as much as in the old days. We kind of just book it. And uh, that's why we're the king of sports books. So, so Mike, I got a question for you. Maybe if you can, if you can discuss this great, if you can't, I understand, but when people would lay off bets for people like other people out there listening, they're unfamiliar with that kind of explain what you mean by the terminology and what the practice is. Well, it's almost disappeared. I've been in here long enough to know it used to, it was allowed and it used to happen all the time. I can't remember the last time anyone's laid off bets, but it used to be we could inter- lay off bets between other books and in town and in other companies, but uh, it's allowed, but you know, there's there's so much action and so much volume and handle. That was something more when there was a handful of books in Las Vegas. Uh, you could get hit because there was only a few of us. Now there's so many books and, and so many places that uh, if you move the line, they're just going to go somewhere else. So you don't get hammered quite as quick or as much. Mike, really appreciate it on a Saturday. As always, Sportsbook Manager over at Mandalay Bay. Uh, I get back to watching Sopranos if you, if you have to brush up on it, or in Maul's case, The Wire. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate being on. There Thanks. he is, Mike Ferranio, everybody over there at Mandalay Bay. Look, I love The Wire as well. It's, Great show. It's a fantastic show. But I will say the doc season kind of... I, the show I've been told i got to watch is Breaking Bad. Everybody seems to like it. Yep. I haven't seen that one either. Watch Ozark. When we come back, let's dip our toe into Major League Baseball and get your thoughts on what's going on around the association. Come on back. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 